So Debbie. Yes. You saw me on the road the other day. I did. <laughs> um, I was at a stoplight. Well, okay. So hold on. Let's rewind a little bit. Okay. So I pull up to the stoplight to turn mm-hmm. and there's a long line of cars mm-hmm. at the intersection to turn onto 30 mm-hmm. from the other way. And I see a, a Jeep that looks like yours. And I'm like, I wonder if that's Chris. Because it, it was about the same time that I should see you. Sure. And I'm like, that would be weird if that was him. But the more I look, the more it looks like a woman. <laughs> so I was like, it's probably not him. And at this point, I look to my right. And I see another Jeep pull up at the stoplight. You know, two spaces away from me. Mm-hmm. And it is you. Oh, <laughs> There are a lot of Jeeps. And I was like, how weird. I was just thinking of you. <laughs> That's a cat. And um, I honk. And as you go to look, because you're like, who's honking? A truck pulls up and, and completely blocks you right. from so, my view. So so I pull up, So my perspective, mm-hmm. I'm taking an old man home from work. I've never given anyone a ride home from work. And I mean, I guess I have, like, when I first started there, like, 10 years ago or something. Yeah. But out of nowhere, on Monday, this guy asked me for a I'm like, okay, sure. He got in a car wreck, and his car is fucked right now. So, anyway, giving this guy a ride home, he's talking my ear off the entire ride. It was a half an hour of just nonstop forced conversation, right? And where I saw you was the very beginning of your journey. Right, right. I'm, like, five minutes in, maybe. <laughs> Somebody honks, and I'm like... Hmm, somebody's honking. And then I, all I see is a truck next to me. So I must not have been for me. <laughs> nope, not and then, for you. Then I'm walking out of the grocery store, look at my phone, and you have a photo of me. <laughs> <laughs> and I just text back, where did you take that photo? So Like immediately into your journey, but you didn't see your text for a while. Yeah, Because right. good for you, you were not. I never look at my phone while I'm yeah. driving. I'm smarter than that. So, um, so, so that happened. Yep. Um, did you have a nice week since the last time we podcasted? Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm trying to think what happened. What did we do? Um, we well should say we watched episode three together. We did. And then I had to rewatch episode three to take notes. Okay. <clears throat> well, let's do the proper intro here All right. before we get into the actual episode. Got to do my thing. Sometimes pot is better. It's the watchers on the couch. So, what do you first of all? What do you think about that main impression of Judd Crandall from <laughs> Pet Cemetery? Um, it was amazing. I just uh, listen, I, I don't envisioned lie. Don't old lie. man. <laughs> um, that's the best you're gonna get from me. It kind of makes me want to watch that movie now, though. Yeah. Well, I'm Chris, and I'm here with my co-host Debbie, and we are here to break down episode three of Castle Rock. Entitled Local Color, as previously mentioned, we watched this episode together. 
we didn't take notes when we watched it together, but then we watched it again later on our own, and we did take notes, lots and we both notes. have lots of notes again. <laughs> no one is surprised. There's so much stuff. So, um, did I have anything I want to talk about before? Okay, so yeah, I do have some stuff I want to get out before we actually get into the episode. Okay. We have a new show element. Two new show elements, actually. First one, people already saw the video on the on the uh, the watchers board, and it is the Church Creed Memorial Award for audience participation. Yes, we will announce the winner for episode three at the end of this episode, so stay tuned for that after we're done talking about the actual episode. We got sweet. Uh, what do you call these well, certificates? Certificates. Yeah, they have a lot of interesting photos on them. <laughs> I took everything I know to be true and used it. So, you know, I I grabbed um, copyrighted images that mm-hmm. were not mine. Yeah. I used the best of um, the fonts. Yeah, that's what you said in your text to me when we were discussing this. I did. Like I you did. Went I used, I used my best Photoshopping skills yeah. to take out the cougar mascot. But you went against everything you know about making these type it of certificates. It really hurt my heart yeah. to do it this way. <laughs> But well, also felt really awesome. We will take a photo and post it on social media so everyone will know what we're talking about. It's a wondrous thing to behold, mm-hmm. honestly. Let's move on to the second new thing. Okay. I came up with this idea because of all the cat interruptions we're having. We've already had one this episode. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we have a dry erase board we're going to specifically use to count up all of the cat interruptions that happen throughout the run of this because there will be many yeah the, throughout the run of these podcasts that we do together we will count them up what do you, i mean should we give the one who does the most interruptions like an extra treat that day or something like that yeah we can reward for bad behavior totally mm-hmm. so the cats are venom nicola and kinsley and kinsley and they're in fierce competition so far yeah. <laughs> That first episode, I mean, they all they, they all, all had chimed their, in. They all had their own interruptions of right. some kind. Um, second episode, Nicola had some weird cough, sneeze, spasming thing going on. Right. So at the end of this episode, we'll tally up. We'll take a photo of that as well, and I'll post that on social media. And uh, and everyone that listens will know when the can interruptions happen because they will interrupt our show. They and stop us dead in our tracks. We could turn this into a drinking game. Uh, well, every time you hear a cat noise for the listeners, for the listeners, not for us, it's, it's eight o'clock in the morning, it's eight o'clock in the morning. Right. I mean, technically it's after work for me. I could do it, but I got to drive after this. Yeah. You need your also, after work beer shot. <laughs> That's for when I get home and can relax. <laughs> I have my, uh, one beer a day. Congratulatory beer. You made it. You didn't kill anybody. Exactly. Yeah. That's you're, you're like in my head today. I, I understand. I hope that you. continues into our actual episode yeah. coverage. Um, let's talk about some news. Okay. Cause right now, like Stephen King is chock full of news and stuff. He's got lots of stuff going on all the time. Like it seems like every day that I go on the fan website called, uh, Lilja's library. I don't know if you've heard of that or not. It's pretty much the go-to fan site Okay. since the late nineties. Uh, First piece of news is Uncle Steve likes the show. (laughs) 
Good. Yeah, he uh, he made an official post finally telling people what he thought about the show. Two, actually. He said, Castle Rock is really good, each episode better than the last, but put all that Easter egg stuff aside, which we can't do. No. Um, and just enjoy it on its own terms. The cast is incandescent, and they support a story worth telling. Do you know what incandescent means? Mm-hmm. Lighting it up? Yeah, that's right. He's saying it's lit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> In old man terms. Uh, the second tweet, it says, I can say all that because I didn't write it. <laughs> so he's, he's always so good about that. My favorite yeah. thing of his, when he... When they interviewed him after uh, The Mist, and it was one of the bonus features, and he was like, I like their ending better than mine. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's very clever. Uh, we appreciate any kind of stuff he has to say about his books or anything. TV shows that are on or movies that are coming out or anything like that. I like to get his insight in that stuff, whether or not he was thought it was complete garbage. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what he thought of the Dark Tower movie, but <clears throat> everybody knows what I thought. You loved it. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Next piece of news. The next book he's coming out with, Elevation, it's going to be, it's like a hundred something pages. So it's like a mini book for him. Mm -hmm. It almost could be in like one of those collection books that he does. But uh, he's going to read the audio book. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he did that. I know he's done it one other time for the... uh, the Dark Tower book that came out, I think it was like 2012 or something like that, maybe. Don't quote me on that. Um, but yeah, I I think that's interesting. I don't really listen to audiobooks myself. I don't either. I can't I can't listen to somebody talk to me. I like having read. the tactile. I like having the book in my hands. Well, I I like to be my own voice. I don't like sure. to have somebody else's voice. And like, I don't know. I feel like when even when I listen to podcasts, like people are doing to us right now my mind starts to wander sometimes like somebody will be talking about something and remind me of something in my own life or whatever. And I'll go off into Chris land for a little Mm -hmm. bit and then, (laughs) then come back in and I have no idea what's going on. So audiobooks is probably not up my alley because I go into flights of fancy, you know, excuse me. You don't want to be like rewinding constantly while you're driving and stuff. No, that's first of all, that's completely unsafe. Mm hmm. And everyone out there, just for the record, please wear your seatbelts. Yes. <laughs> Don't be a dummy. <laughs> I know people that put on the seatbelt. Okay, you know how your car will beep at you now if you don't put your seatbelt on? Right. Some people find that so annoying that they put the seatbelt into the into the lock or whatever and then sit on top of it. Oh. I, I've seen the people that like click it and then pull their arm out. So oh, it's put just it, a yeah, lap put it behind band. them. Yeah, so it's just a lap band. I mean, I guess that's fine, but then your face is going to be smashed into the windshield. I mean, if they don't want, you know, to have the top half of their body, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, obviously, like, whatever. I'm Listen, all I'm saying is I'm going to wear my seatbelt every time. I saw a great meme where somebody had put crystals on their steering wheel. Yeah. Because they wanted to, like, cleanse their themselves and their car. And it's just like, all right, but you know that's going to fly at your face, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to have you're gonna end up the dead person in a Stephen King story. Yeah, because you're stupid. Okay, so let's go to uh, the Bangor news. This is from the real Bangor. Oh, okay. And I believe it's pronounced Banger. Banger. This uh, came up on my radar because it's about Marilyn Manson. Okay. 
Um, Marilyn Manson has been uh, bailing out on shows left and right lately. Um, he said he had the flu. And then in this incident in Maine at a show, he was arrested backstage for a very small amount of time. Then the sheriff of Banger, <laughs> or maybe the arresting officer, I can't remember, released this statement, which is completely batshit crazy. Okay. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's kind of blurry on my phone, so bear with me. Uh, in the interest of serving us a whole lot of callbacks, Marilyn Manson was merely handcuffed and released immediately thereafter. Officer Curtis Grissier, can't read that. Nailed it. Typ- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Typically listening uh, to only Enya and a little bit of Oasis, <laughs> was uh, posted backstage during the concert. He did not recognize Mr. Manson without his stage makeup. Our apologies. Later, when approaching Rob Zombie, the officer was overheard saying, I have never seen him in The Walking Dead, so I don't know what the big deal is. <laughs> the officer has been spoken to and re- uh, relieved of backstage concert-related duties for the foreseeable future. The chief has determined that uh, the officer can work backstage during Lord of the Dance or anything related to Disney. Keep your hands to yourself, leave other people's things alone, and be kind to one another. We will be here with the beautiful people. Okay. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on this statement? <laughs> so they they added in um, his song title to the end of their statement. Yeah. Um, to be cool. I guess. To to be like no, you know, like. Um, I guess they thought they wanted to be like an internet meme or something. Probably like they're they want to be funny. That's the new thing is like police departments want to be funny about stuff. They should not do that. They should not attempt they to do that. They should stick to the lip sync videos. Sure. And keep the comedy to <laughs> other people. And doing the, what is that dance that was like a crazy couple years ago that was all over YouTube and stuff? The something shuffle? Oh, now it's that kiki dance or whatever. Kiki dance? Oh, dancing We're, next to a car? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually, okay, well, we're getting way off track here. but I saw a girl get robbed doing that. And oh it was one God. of the funniest things I've ever seen. She dropped her purse halfway through it. A person rides up on a motorcycle and takes off with her purse. Deserved it. <laughs> Deserved it. Deserved Moving it. on. Let's get to the episode, shall we? Okay. I cannot find a comfortable place to sit. Right. Um, maybe turn your chair and you'll have back support. Okay. Um, or it's don't. Gonna be, it's going to be loud. So brief pause. You brief can, pause. We can edit this, right? Um, I might. <laughs> Uh, Nick, <laughs> I think so. I don't know what I'm talking about. There's a, should we put Nick on the cat interruption board? It's the fucking peanut gallery, I tell yeah. you. <laughs> okay, so, um, oh, I should mention, before we get to this episode, missed Easter egg from last week. Mellow Tiger is the name of the bar, and that was in Needful Things. We, we didn't know what the name of the bar was or anything like okay. that last week. And also, Corey on the uh, message board chimed in that the druggy kid whose name we didn't know mm-hmm. he, i think it was in the second episode we didn't know what his name was i believe so yeah um he we knew him apparently from the show ozark yes he plays a kid named wyatt he's a jerk on that well i i've only seen um 
I want to say the first five episodes of Ozark. Okay. Well, he's in he's in one he's of those. He's in it. Yeah, I've I've seen him in it. He's fairly reoccurring. Mhm. So, yeah, I think he plays the one of the main character's sister or a uh, brother, I mean, sorry. Um You're like, "What?" That face yeah, gamer well, is like, "What?" He's 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 a part of like a a family of like they're the hillbillies of the other yeah yeah they're like almost. the meth head crew yeah yeah and and he's in that family okay let's get to this, this episode it's entitled local color first scene well, is a flashback and we're back in 1991 again. yep um molly's watching out her window as uh we hear either it's either a radio newscast radio. okay mm-hmm. and uh they're saying six days into henry search no <laughs> signs um she gets up out of bed in her pjs and no shoes no shoes right very unsanitary she puts on the uh red hooded jacket that we've seen before but she she walks next door outside in the snow like jammies no shoes and then finds the hide key underneath the frog at their front door oh that's right and then just walks inside the house yeah and, well, I'm sure she knows that the key's there because she's constantly watching, right? Well, then she has, like, that weird sight. Oh, that's right. So. Okay, so. um, So, yeah, she walks inside, and then she finds his red jacket and puts it on. Right. She puts a jacket on. I forgot. Which, I, which side note, okay. wasn't that the red jacket he was found in? You know, I'm, I because, can't. Because, let me go back to my notes. Here. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I thought I he was wearing a red jacket when he was found. Well, it's in her box of stuff that is Henry related, so I think it is his for sure. But, and um, and that's what I I thought was weird because I was like, well, how is she putting it on at the house if he's missing, but he's also supposed to be wearing that when they find him? Maybe it's. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That is weird. Maybe we'll revisit that at another time. Um, anyway, in her PJ, she walks over, she puts on the jacket. The dad is home in recovery from his, uh, his fall, right? Yeah. Um, the wife is in bed asleep. She walks over and turns off the dad's respirator. Yeah, she does. She just unhooks it. So, uh, we're questioning, like, whether or not she's evil or is there some other reason that she did this, right? Yeah, I mean, of... I, I had more feelings about it later on, mm-hmm. about why she did it. Right. Which I guess we can talk about then when it makes more sense. For sure, because there's a scene later where we get more of an idea of how his dad is. Right? Yeah, or at least how she perceives him. Sure. And, uh, you know, she only has this across the street knowledge of what's going on. So um, when she did this, though, as we're watching, I was like, that bitch. <laughs> And how, she and how crazy evil. And also, she's been letting Henry take the fall for this while he's been back in town. You know, so I almost wonder if it's one of those things that she doesn't remember. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And because he's here, like they're you know the memories are coming back now. Yeah, and I you know most likely it's because of Henry for some reason that she did this, right? Yeah. I mean, or or whatever kind of like dark forces in this town. I feel like when we see later... Oh, boy. Put yep. one on the board. Yep, that's Kinsley. His owl meows. wonder if he agrees. He's got lots of opinions. 
Americans, like, go away. Okay, so... Um, no, but was anymore, say, yeah. It, it almost seems like um, she's doing it for him, for Henry. Right. Because almost, like, she's so obsessive with him, it seems like that she does everything for him or, like, hangs on everything he, he does. So mm -hmm. the only reason she would be over there is to, for some reason, for Henry. Yeah. You know? So then uh, we go to the old church in present day. Mm -hmm. There's snow inside, and we see Molly um, walking no. up the stairs. Yeah, adult Molly. Right. And uh, she sees Henry's dead father at the pulpit of the church, right? And uh, he has his head wrapped in bandages. Mm -hmm. And he says, uh, you know, among other things, he says, like, who are you to overrule the will of my Lord? Talking to her. Very angry preaching, like, end time stuff from the Bible. So I, I paused it and I Googled it, and it's 1 Corinthians 15, 52. Mm -hmm. um, and it talks about, like, breaking it down, it's um, what he says. It's, uh, it's a call to rapture, a very quick call to rapture okay. is what um, it looks like they're talking about, what he's talking about in that. And um, it goes on to say, like, both the dead and the living Christians will rise together mm -hmm. into the heavens. So it almost seems like he's talking about some kind of end of times to her. Right. And uh, very, like I said, very angry stuff. Yeah. He's clearly mad at her. Well, yeah, she killed his ass. Yeah, yeah. But uh, then... And, and then and the entire church fills up with bandaged people, too. Sure, and yeah. Pews. And then it gets even more scary. Yeah. And uh, then she wakes up at home out of a dream. Do we count that one? I mean, now he's sitting at the table. <laughs> we can't. We can't count every single. Uh, okay, so she wakes up at home. Then she has her morning pill ritual, right? Yes. <laughs> and we'll see more of that. Uh, then we Half move pill ritual, right? Then we move to uh, Henry at the bar. Mm -hmm. Um, he sees Molly's ad for uh, as a realtor in the paper. Yeah, it's a very and, quick uh, scene. Right. And local colors on the TV. <laughs> and then uh, I can't acknowledge him every time. I'm sorry. I just did, though. <laughs> then we go to uh, Molly and Jackie making a model for the TV show she's going to be on. Yeah, it's a very nice model. Right. Um, Jackie offers assistance. Molly gives her directions. Yeah, because she's going to take the model in her truck right. to the studio. Right. Which is called... Local color. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's another really quick scene. Yeah. Not much there. Um, then Henry visits Molly. <clears throat> and as he's talking to her, her voices are taking over. Yeah. And we hear her voices like overlapping uh, stuff from the past. Yeah. She's you know hearing I mean? past snippets of conversations he's had with other people. Right. That right. she was not a part of. And also his, da his dad from the dream. Yeah. You hear him a little bit again. Um, so she definitely is not making up whatever she has, what abilities she has. Cause right, and it's picking up big time when she's with he him. when Henry's around, right? Mm -hmm. So she's super triggered by Henry. That's yes, <laughs> what it is. Very triggered, <laughs> and uh, that's going to be definitely a recurring thing throughout this. Yeah, she is 
always triggered by Henry. And trying to blow him off. And he's very confused. Right. He, she's making excuses and trying to get him to buzz off. You yeah. know what I mean? Pretty much. Um, so before this, we would think she would be excited to be near Henry. Yeah, because she's very Cause obsessed. she's super obsessed with him. But in this episode, she has the opposite reaction. Um, now that we know she killed his dad, that thing... Whatever that thing is, her voices are taking over completely, right? Yeah. She needs to step away from him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's why she's like, get out, please. <laughs> um, you know. So then we do another flashback, right? Yes. We go um, back to young Henry. Right. And Henry is lighting a VHS tape on fire and he's saying, fuck you, dad. Which for you kids out there who don't know what VHS tapes are, <laughs> they were before DVDs. <laughs> Yeah, um, so, <laughs> all right. He just wants some love. <laughs> I'll pet you for a second, but we're going to have to put you on the board for this. <laughs> I'm going to take a photo. <gasps> okay, so she, um, Molly comes over while Henry is doing this, and she tells him she, to come over, she, right? But she asks, like, do you want to see my room? Oh, like, yeah, as, yeah, yeah. Like, like... <laughs> It's different now. We think something maybe dirty is going to happen. I don't know. It's just a very odd way to say it. Like, she could have said, hey, you want to come over and hang out? Mm -hmm. But instead, she was like, do you want to see my room? Mm -hmm. Well, they've been looking at each other across the way. It's like, creepily. I want to see inside your room now that I've seen from across the way. (laughs) I've seen the window. I want to see the inside. So uh, she tells him that she knows he touches his thing. Yeah. And she can hear his thoughts when it happens, and it's like fireworks going off. Uh-huh. And he doesn't, like, leave the room screaming. Which yeah, I would think he would just be sort a... Of, he just sort of, like, stammers. Yeah. And she's and... like, I know what you think and feel, and I feel it, too. It's like, what? Yeah, so we get a little more understanding where she's coming from and why those voices are in her head in the future, right? Yeah, because because um, then he gets Henry gets called next door by his dad. Yeah, his dad's out front of his house, like yelling angrily. Yeah, and then you, they do a close up on her, and she has her fists clenched mm-hmm. as if like that's probably what Henry's doing too. Mm-hmm. So she, I mean, she feels everything Henry feels sure. about her, about his dad, right? So I have no doubt that she went over there and killed him because she was like, well, fixing a problem. Yeah. And I mean, because who's to say that his dad didn't have something to do with his disappearance? Sure. She knows that. Yeah. And well, when they're in those flashbacks from other episodes, you see he's like, do you hear it now? We don't know what has happened out in those woods yet. Also. Yeah. Think back to, what was it, episode two, when the police are questioning her as a young child and she's in bed and she has the blankets over her face. It makes so much more sense now why she moved the blanket down and you could see her breath. Sure, yeah. Because Henry was cold. Yeah. And so she was cold. Yeah. And I'm like, mind blown. Right. Was that... Is that at the end of last episode? When was that? Was that this episode or last it was, episode? It was, it was episode two. Okay. I don't... She gets questioned, when she gets questioned by the police, and that's they're right. like, we, you know, like, you should know where he's at. You see him. You talk to him. Right. And yeah. And so that definitely explains the breath coming out. Yeah. Of their and, why, and why she was hiding her face. But it's crazy. It, so it's more than just like minds connected. It's yeah, like She's feeling everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything he feels. So he was cold. She was cold. Yeah. So um, after her, uh, after his dad is yelling at 
him to come back. Uh, we move back to the present. Molly takes more pills again because mm-hmm. she's having memories of this. Yeah, like tons um, and tons of memories. So, yeah, so that's where I was going to ask you, you know, does Molly know more about this disappearance? And it's almost certain that she does know something because she can feel everything that he feels and she, yeah. maybe even see stuff that, you know what she, I mean? I mean, yeah, she probably knew exactly where he was for 11 days. I mean, she maybe not didn't know how to get to it yeah. or where exactly and it I, was. And I feel like those flashbacks that we're getting of Henry and his dad out by the bluff mm-hmm. in the woods, that's in her head. Like, she's seeing through Henry's eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, almost certainly, she knows what's going on, and we'll find that out, probably. She's probably the only person who knows what, what happened. May, yeah. Well, we don't know yet, but maybe. <laughs> um, it's leaning that way, of mm-hmm. course. Okay, so then we go to Shawshank. Um, the kid is only eating bread. Yeah, he scrapes off everything off his tray. And, and it's not canned bread. No, and folds a slice of bread in half and eats it like it's a steak. Like, it's the best thing he's ever yeah. eaten. Which, by the way, Albert... It probably is next to cigarette butts. Albert did elaborate on the canned bread thing. I don't... If we have time at the end, I'll go, I'll go to that. But uh, people on the message boards already know about it, so I guess it's not really a reason for me to explain further about it. But <laughs> he went into detail about what the canned bread is. Uh, check that out on the message board. Okay, so the kid's eating bread. He gets rid of everything else off of his plate. He just eats the bread. <laughs> Um, he's not getting all of his vitamins that way, so no, for sure he's getting some though. He's gonna stay super skinny. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, so he gets up. Yeah, and- the kid gets up and stares at Lazy's photo creepily. Yeah. So then Zaleski and Henry meet, and um, well, but first though, officer, oh, okay. officer Zaleski like gets him to like calm down like back down sure the yeah. other guy wants to like go tackle him and he's you know he he tells him quietly he's like um he's like the hearing's gonna get you out you know like henry's gonna help you you mm-hmm. know he's talking to him he's gotta like, play ball yeah like it, it's gonna happen for you like you just gotta wait which why he's like explaining stuff to him like he hasn't even spoken hardly anything so yeah, does he that doesn't mean he doesn't understand things okay well yeah sure but still like He's talking to him like he does, but we don't even well, know that he he's does. Playing, he's playing good cop. Sure. You know, like, he's got to be the good guy. Um, yeah, yeah, and he's he, we're on his side right. as far as the viewers go. You know what I mean? Like, he's the he's the good guy, maybe one of the only good guys of the story so far. So, right. Um, so, yeah, then Zaleski and Henry meet. They say that they're calling the kid Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Zaleski um, talks about getting out of working at the jail. So, um, we're kind of getting more that like people in this town feel trapped by the town and like one out in any way possible, right? Including this guy, who because well, the only jobs are the prison jobs and yeah, and he and it's terrible. Everything yeah. in this town is terrible, obviously. Um, so then uh, we go back to Molly. She gets home from being away for a little while, and her house has been broken into and trashed. Yes. Jackie helps her clean it up, and uh, in the basement, Jackie finds her box of stuff. Molly finds it. Oh, Molly does. That's right. Molly goes down first, and then Jackie sees it while she's trying to clean it up. Well, she so Molly cleans up the box, but Jackie finds the missing poster. Gotcha. Molly had just put the the box and the timer and the jacket like on the shelf, and Molly is triggered again. (laughs) Yes, again triggered. 
Um, and Jackie comes down the stairs and is like, oh, my God, that's right. You live next door to him. You know, yeah. did, did you see what happened? Yeah. And she's like, I got to go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> like freaks out. She plays that really well, too. Like, I feel like that's really good casting because she's able to play the really frazzled girl. Really yeah, she, well. she can go from one to the other really quick. When I was watching it with you guys, I was le- like legit uncomfortable watching it. Like her reactions were like kind of weird, yeah. weirding me out. You know, she makes you feel uncomfortable. That's one of the first times where I got to like, I, that was the first time I watched an episode before I took notes. So I think I'm going to keep doing that. Why? Well, <laughs> I'm going to watch the episode. Then the second watch, I'm going to take notes. I think that's the Mike Daffron method. Oh God, he's really racking up the interruptions. <laughs> he really is. Um, so yeah, so she's triggered again. Uh, then she's prepping for TV, and there's like more voices going on, right? Yeah, she's trying to like rehearse what she's going to say, and she's changing it ain't her working. clothes. No, it's not. Um, then she sees, oh my God, no pills left. Yes, yeah, she's out. Her little her little drug envelope is, yeah, is out yeah. of pills. As a person who used to smoke a ton of weed. Worst feeling ever when like you got drunk the night before and smoked it all. And then the next morning you go to get out like a bowl. <laughs> There's none left. None left. You're like, ah, <laughs> now I got to go deal with more illegal activity. <laughs> uh, anyway, so she uh, she goes to the drug addicts. She, her, she tracks them down she tracks school. Them down and they're making spores. <laughs> <laughs> but she calls their school. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's what she tells them. Um. And he calls her Miss Layaway this time, yeah. <laughs> which, which I thought, was, yeah, I thought it was funny. Um, and they're, you know, they're fucking hipsters. Yeah. And he says he's out of drugs and she needs yeah. to go to the motor court. Right. So um, we, while we're watching, we're like, terrible idea. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> so off to the motor court, I guess. Uh, question for you, though, on the s'mores. What yeah. snack would you make if you were... If I was a, a druggie If you were kid. a druggie just sitting around... Middle of the day. I mean, s'mores sound like a really good idea. You got the best, yeah. you got salty and sweet. Yeah. So. Salty and savory. Mm. Kinsley, I'm going to throw that out the door. Um, There's catnip in that. That's why. I'd probably have another donut. I'd probably stop by gas station. Because if you're a drug addict, you don't got that much money. Yeah. A donut's like less than a dollar. Again, planning for s'mores. I mean, that goes a lot. There's a, a grocery list. You gotta, yeah. You got to get. Yeah. It seems like a lot of work to do that, you know, being a person who's just sitting around outside. It's the middle of the day. At least wait for the evening. Right. And why would the school know that that's where they hang out? Uh, who knows? They probably <laughs> skip all the time. And yeah. townspeople just know where everybody is. Castle Rock is weird. They just like know where other people are at all times. Besides Henry, apparently. They have the apparently. Marauder's map, so yeah. they just know oh, all the yeah, footsteps. Exactly. Besides Henry, though. Nobody in the past knows where Henry is whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so then Henry takes another long look at the neighbors on his way home. Like we saw in one of the earlier episodes, I think episode one. Maybe episode two as well. He's got his eye on that house. Whatever's yeah. going on over there. Well, that's Molly's house. Oh, duh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I have a podcast partner. I'm not just breaking all this down on my own because there'd be tons of mistakes. Um, Last week on the episode when I said this. But Molly's not in there, so why is he? I don't know. Didn't you ever give the side eye to a house before because it just creeps you (laughs) out? Oh, totally. Dude. Okay, so, and I know he just called you dude. Sorry. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> it's cool. I got excited. Bromance. It's cool. <laughs> three doors up from my house. Three doors down. Yeah. Um, not the band. So, um, wait, house now? House when you were younger? A house when I was younger. My yeah, the the street I grew up on. Okay. A guy was never convicted of of this, but. He lit a fire at the bottom of the stairs while his wife and daughter were upstairs. Okay. Great. Insurance scam. He gets a boatload of money, never gets convicted. Did he act like the hero and save them? He No, they died. Oh, shit. They died in the house. Oh, that's, yeah. So okay. he collected the money from them dying. Oh, okay. Not just house fire Not insurance, just house fire. life insurance. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That was an interesting day on my street. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Wow. So moving on. So there is murder in other places than Castle Rock is what I'm trying to say. Well, our our apartment in Fenton, there yeah. was that murder that they tried to cover up with the fire. Remember really? The, you don't remember that? I don't that? remember that at all. Yeah, the news crew. We tried to get on the news. We kept like walking by. The, this guy. Classy. Yeah, this guy um, murdered an ex-girlfriend that oh, he was no. like obsessed with, like stabbed her to death, yeah. and then lit her apartment on fire to cover it up. Hasn't he ever seen CSI or anything? That's not going to work. I, I know. I know. They can see through that on investigate. Never mind. Let's move on. Back to 91. Henry burns his hand. Molly feels it. Um, yeah, she sees sucks. Henry leave with his dad. Can you imagine? So, like, she doesn't have control over this because she's sleeping and she'll dream about him. So, obviously, she can't really control when she feels what he feels. Mm -hmm. So, can you imagine? She's just, like, hanging out at home, doing her homework. And all of a sudden, he gets a little handsy with himself next door. And well, that's what she was saying And she's earlier. just like, bam, orgasm. <laughs> she's triggered even back then, but in a different way. How crazy would that be? Yeah. I mean, you gotta get some self control. That's the two sides of being triggered. So, so Molly's after all these years, the only thing that she's found out that works is half of Vicodin. Yeah, and it obviously doesn't work when he's around. So it's really not a cure at all. No, and also she takes half about fifteen times a day. So yeah. that's that isn't that's drug addict logic is basically what <laughs> right. that is. It's math. But if drug I only, math. But I only take that's what she's talking to her sister like. She's like in episode two. She's like. But I only take half every once in a while. And, oh. But what I'm saying is that's the best she's got. Yeah. And it doesn't work at all. So, um, like I said, uh, Henry sees, or she sees Henry leave with his dad. This is back in 91. At and, 12, uh, 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning. Like, why yeah. would where would they be going at right. that time? And then uh, we get the flashback again. Of, Do you hear it? Do you hear it now? And we see Molly's cold breath again. So, uh, then next scene, we move to the present at the trailer court. The, the motor court. Motor court. Uh, shit's about to get real weird, by the mm -hmm. way. Um, Molly asks a little girl who's outside in the middle of the night, pretty like, much. Playing in dirt. Playing in the dirt. Um, where Derek is. Um, the kid knows where Derek is. Just points. Yeah. So, so the... <laughs> We go to a room that's it's basically like uh, sheets are sheets are strung up. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, there's sheet kind of like they're having playtime, but we see it's very sinister version of playtime. Yeah, it's a courtroom. They're all in these crazy ass masks. This is kind of stuff we saw from the trailer. Yeah, these weird animal masks. Yeah, and um, it's a it's basically set up like a kid's courtroom. 
we get sort of like a, a Lord of the Flies sort of thing going on. Mm-hmm. There's been a murder. Yeah, and uh, it, it's a murder case of a, some woman that they're talking about, right? And uh, the parents are apparently, and Molly's asking them like, "What? Where are your parents?" You know, <laughs> yeah, which isn't a you know a valid and, question. And uh, they say that they're all at work at prison, or the moms are all out drinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't think they said at work. I thought they meant in prison. Like, no, in... yeah, no, they said that they're all working at the okay. prison. The dads are all working at the prison. I'm or, sure or some of them prison. are also in the prison though, because everyone's either one of the two. Right. Um. So watching this, it was very uncomfortable, and uh, I was kind of between, like, scary and silly. Yeah, I didn't know where this was going. Exactly. And um, when they all point at her and say that she's the only one that's murdered in the room, I legit thought for a second, like... Lynch and mob. <laughs> yeah, and that's what... And it's supposed to be, like, a Children of the Corn sort of thing. Yeah. It's sort of an Easter egg, but not really. Um. It's just like the same kind of themes going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and you're supposed to get that feeling like, holy shit, these kids are all going to murder her now. Oh, yeah. That's what I Because they like. say, go to the murder room or the death room or whatever. They yeah, say. they say they call her guilty. Yeah. And uh, so then the, uh, I guess it's the judge of the courtroom is Derek, right? Mm-hmm. And he is walking her somewhere outside to the, of to the death house like right he says we got to play along still. we got to play along so they all think that we're actually doing what they said we were going to do right mm-hmm. and she says so she wants drugs and he says for a price plus he wants to see her tits yeah which is <laughs> of course far for the course right <laughs> That's what a teenager would want, yeah. Yeah. She's like, no, I'll pay you more money. A prepubescent teen is definitely going to want to see some boob action. Mm -hmm. Especially if there's something legal going on. He knows he can get away with it. (laughs) It's probably worked before. Or at least try to get away with it. Yeah. It's probably worked before. So um, then the police uh, roll up outside and you see the dismay in her face. Yeah. Whoops. (laughs) I've been triggered one too many times. So, then we move to the police station. Henry is asking questions to whoever's at the front desk about uh, the warden's car and body. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the policeman is like trying to squash the story, just Bumble like I, just like the warden is. You know, they're well, trying because they, they didn't do any DNA. Yeah. They didn't do any processing. Right. What he said was suicides solve themselves. Right. And also that, you know, a lot of people work at, you know, the, the uh, what does he say? Something like somebody works for the town office or something like that. And they're not going to be happy about you looking into this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe it's the maybe and, well, it's He the was saying half, or... he said half the town works at the prison and That's they're not right. going to be happy if you try to shut right. it down because he was threatening to shut it down. Right. So... Then uh, another policeman comes out and says that Molly is causing trouble and bad. Being a pre- prima donna. Right. And uh, which is no surprise to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Henry bails her out. Because he's such a nice boy. Right. And we get more excuses for Molly again. She's fucking <laughs> triggered again. Again. I feel like the episode title has to be something about triggered or something like that. I was thinking either triggered or Molly Hatchet. <laughs> Which is a, a I just, terrible I just, Casey band. 
I just like how he's still trying to flirt with her. Yeah. And she's just like. She, well, and he's like, did I say something? Yeah. And like, he's what like, the hell's going on he's like, here? I really, you really don't owe me money. You just owe me breakfast. And at that point, she's like, all right, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like, and also, apparently, like, she didn't have as much of an impact on him when they were growing up, even though, like, listen, when I was a kid, if a girl told me that she could feel it when I was jerking it, I'd remember that. Yeah, that you know what I'm saying. He memory. he apparently doesn't really like have her life or her. She did not have much of an impact on his life as she, as he did on hers. Obviously, you know what I mean. Well, but maybe that goes back to him not remembering. Sure, because yeah, he didn't remember his birthday at that point in time. And yeah, I guess I didn't really think about that. There's some there's some blackout stuff going on with his yeah his so past. I feel like he's going to start remembering though. Yeah, and um. So she I, she says it's a medical condition. Yeah, I get from this scene I get like that she basically has the shine. Yeah. We kind of discussed that after we watched it too. It's like it's pretty evident now that that's what she has. You know. Mm-hmm. If she can feel what she, what he's feeling and see what he's seeing. Yeah, then I I think that he also has it in some way, but maybe less so than she does cuz it's not as strong or at least it's like not as prevalent yet. Right. Same kind of thing with Danny and The Shining is like it was there, but it was sort of like underneath and you know hollering. He needed the old man to yeah, yeah. You needed hollering to like help him through and you know get control of it a little bit. Right. So um, she mentions that to Henry that she had this whole thing, and she can't be. She had this TV show to go to, and she can't be involved with him because it every time she talks to him. Shit goes haywire. Yeah, he's like a, a song that can't, she can't get out of her head. Right, right. Um, so then he says, well, okay, well, I'll take you to the TV station or whatever. So then they go. Uh, Henry's, while she's in makeup, Henry at the TV station, um, Henry's on the phone and With he's somebody. talking to his associates about the kid, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole case and what the, what's happening around the town and stuff like that. And she's overhearing all this. But then also, her voices are also... And also the voices, right. yeah. And and I really loved how that lady was fixing her hair, and I used air quotes there, because all she was doing was, like, holding her hair out mm-hmm. and, like, playing with it. Yeah, not and really And then, like, putting much. that section off to the side and then grabbing a new one and playing with that. And I'm like, that's not... That's yeah. not how you would do somebody's hair who just spent a night in jail. Like, I feel like more well, preparation. She's also, like, a, a town... Works at a town TV I just like, state, like we're not... going to give you this hairstylist. She's yeah. literally just going to play with your hair for about 15 minutes. Just, mm-hmm. you know, finger it. Fiddle it. Yeah. And then uh, you're going to be Fiddle good. Fiddle with it. You're going to be good to go. Um, so, I can't really speak to that because I know, like, I wouldn't be able to do much of a better job. <laughs> It'd be like if you were the hairstylist. Yeah. You're like, well, we're just going to gather I've your hair and then this, put it right back but, down. Uh, we'll just... Put it back down again. And there you go. <laughs> Looks nice. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah. Then she goes on the TV. She's on the local color show. Yeah. And we and we get uh cut scene to the bar where Jackie and the new bitch warden has walked in. Right, and they're watching. And they're watching it. So um, we we're cutting in between the two. Right. And as she's talking to this TV host and he's going on his spiel about what she's there for. The voices completely take over to where you can't even hear the guy anymore. Yeah, and she's you can tell she's going to freeze. And 
he tosses to her, and she's pretty much got nothing. <laughs> she puts on her sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> he And he says something clever like, well, the future's so bright, you gotta yeah, wear your sunglasses, yeah, yeah. which is definitely something that a local newscaster like on Fox 2 would say. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Tim Mazzell. Um But it's like, as soon as she does that, Everything just like comes back, yeah, and crystal clear. Yeah, she can kind of g- gain focus a little bit, but uh, she looks hella crazy, and um, she spills the beans. Yeah, so then she goes on a spiel about the kid who was in the cage and says everything that Henry just said in his phone call. Right. She curses on TV. Yeah, she says um, she says when, the town's fucked or something. Well, he says. Um, because he asked a question about, like, what would you like to tell the neighbors about these changes or, or mm-hmm. something to that effect? And she says directly at the camera, I'd tell them to wake the fuck up. Yeah. Like, Which is like, oh, right. snap. <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing this now. <laughs> so. Um, and uh, cut to new warden. And she's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And Henry's like, all right. Yeah, this okay. Is, I guess we're doing this, this now. Is how this is going to work. <laughs> this is happening. Didn't expect it to go this way, but all right. I can spin this. Yeah. And they're in the car, and he still has no idea how she knows. Yeah. Which is weird. Because <sighs> he doesn't remember. Right. So. But, he but she did tell him, like, I know what's. I, I can feel what you're feeling, and I can read your thoughts. And Obviously, stuff like that. she doesn't. He doesn't know the extent. He didn't of, register it, yeah. right? <laughs> Wake the fuck up, Henry. Uh, right? Things are happening all around all you. All around you. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we have the scene with those two. Molly drops Henry off. And voices are gone for now, I guess. She By doing that, she was able to kind of chill out mm-hmm. or something. Um, at, least, at least they're at bay for now while they're hanging out. Um, then we go back to Shawshank. It's Henry and the warden. Yep. And the warden tries a bribe of uh, of sorts. It's like three hundred thousand for wrongful conviction, and and he would basically just sign this saying that they wrongfully can wrongfully convicted this kid. And he's like, oh well, now you acknowledge that he's actually a yeah, person, and nobody can talk about him, right? And basically, Lacey, the dead warden, would take the fall, right? And this would be a non disclosure agreement for all parties involved. And uh, they would sweep it all under the rug. Yeah, just just throw the warden Lacey under the bus, and and the kid would get a measly three hundred thousand dollars. And she says, and she says, that's what you do with old perverts. So she's viewing warden Lacey as a pervert sure. that kept a kid in a cage. But before she was saying, well, everybody said he's a good guy. Yeah. So I don't think she actually believes that. She's just saying, this is the only way we can get around this without me getting fired. Right? Mm-hmm. At least that's how I kind of took that entire thing. Um, they're try- they're going to spin it any way they can yeah. to make them not look at fault. Henry, but Henry is like, no deal. No Let's deal. see what the kid has to say about this, right? Yeah, because he's been so talkative. So, exactly. So, <laughs> like, I'm sure he has lots like, of opinions. Like, this is going to go well. <laughs> but all of the other scenes have been no talking, so... It can only is- go up from here. Exactly. And I'm thinking, like, okay... Now we're getting Henry and the kid together, actually right in front of one another. This is going to be some real shit going on, right? Yep. So this is where I was like this. And for the listeners, I'm scooting up to the edge of my seat. 
I literally, when I was watching it, was on the edge of your couch, like, okay, what is going to happen here? Because this is going to be this interesting. Is pay attention. Whatever's going to happen here yeah. is going to be worth like really zoning in on. So uh, Henry is giving him directions to keep silent, and the kid is doing his trademark stare, <laughs> not doing anything. Yeah, he's like, "Are you okay? Are you being threatened?" And he's doing very yeah. minimal face movements to say that yes yeah. or no or whatever. And then and then uh, he says something like, "I'll." Henry says something like, "I'll let you know when things are going to go into effect." Okay, and then the kid responds with. Has it begun? And it feels disconnected from the conversation. Yeah. Henry feels like he's talking about what he just talked about, which was don't tell anybody your yeah. name. Like it's we're sort, gonna it's like barely relating to what Henry is trying to say. Yeah. So it's like it's it could be perceived as him responding to him. Like because the kid's crazy. Ha- are we are we starting with this plan now? Mm-hmm. That's how that would be perceived as. But when you're watching it, That's it doesn't it. seem like that. It seems like he's talking about something else completely. And Henry has no idea. Yeah. And he's just in the dark. And that continues. Yeah. Um, fi- he, he's talking about filing habeas corpus, witness testimony, and uh, and the kid will walk. And about owning Shawshank. Sure, yeah. And he'll, they'll it have into a civil a... suit where they'll make tons of money. He says he'll own the town. Yeah, and he can turn the prison into a boat garage. Right, and the zero response still. But then he says, he, boats. "Right, he says boats," <laughs> which, um, that actually relates to something else from earlier because there was somebody said something about boats earlier in the episode. I can't remember exact. Oh yeah, it was at the TV station. Okay. Um. Damn it, I can't remember exactly where it was in there, but Henry was talking about it. With someone or the or during the newscast it was being talked about or something like that. But I remember I just wanted to make a note of that that like it was from early in the episode that both were mentioned. So like that could also be disconnected, not even that Henry just said it, but that it was totally before and he may know what is just going on. These people all have the shine, apparently. Yeah. And I I mean I think it's more I'm still leaning more on the evil side with this kid. There's some, like something bad is going on with him. But then he says, how many years old are you now? I know. Which you said while we were watching it, like that's such a little kid that's way to ask kid, that. Yeah, such a kid question. And and he says 39. Yeah, and he, and he also says, do you hear it now? Which is referencing the, the, thing is the flashbacks. Said. Yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, he's like, how many years old are you? And yeah. Henry's like, 39. And instead of saying anything to that, he's just like, do you hear it now? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's what his dad said. It's super weird. And it, it definitely, like, I I want to say this scene was definitely the most intriguing of the episode. Yeah, and it was um, there, there was hardly anything there. It was such a little dialogue. Yeah. Like, everything the kid said, I was like, what is that? You're thing? hanging on every yeah, word. I yeah, I was like, all of this seems very important. Um. But yeah, but the kid seems to be saying like an event will be happening soon, or it may has already or, begun. Yeah, already and started so emotion. I get the. I don't know about you, but I get the feeling like this is like the first domino has already fallen by these by Henry and Molly coming together. I think, I think and the, like that is what the triggering 
moment is where the dominoes start falling and people start dying off like crazy on the show. Well, I think I the first about... domino is when Warden Lacey kills himself. Well, I sure. Feel like yeah. He triggered the kid being let loose, Henry coming back into town, which yeah. means that Henry and Molly meet up again, and now Henry and the kid are meeting it's up. It's definitely all connected. You <clears throat> know what I mean? What they... did Warden Lacey do? Exactly. And I don't like I really just feel like that's what he's actually asking Henry. Has it already begun? Mm-hmm. But he would know that the warden already killed himself, right? I mean, Maybe. You, would, you would think. At least heard it. Or if he's connected at, in a in a supernatural way to everything, then he just knows things are happening. You know what I mean? And, of course, that's all, like, theorizing. So we don't know. No, because... Because they haven't explicitly said it. I was going to so. say, we haven't seen anything else, so that's all we know. <laughs> okay, so uh, we got to finish the episode breakdown here. So then we go to Molly. She arrives at her house again and is trashed again. Again. Who would break in again? Uh, so, yeah, so... And she was being way more chill than I would to have my house broken into twice but, in one day. Yeah, but the, but it's like just has gotten dark, it feels like. Or maybe it is like totally dark at this moment, so... Whereas before when she gets home, it's totally light outside, so it seems like less scary. But at the end of the episode, it's the bookend of the episode. She gets there. Everything's trashed. It's dark. You're thinking something is about to happen. You know what I mean? Something bad is about to happen. So we're thinking possibly intruders, right? The kids have come back to finish her off. Right. Something. <laughs> and uh, and she says hello. Like, she's saying mm-hmm. hello into her house. Well, I'm thinking... First rule of horror movies, you never say hello. But Nor they do always you walk do. upstairs. But they always do, though. I know. <laughs> but at least she got the biggest kitchen knife she could find. Totally, yeah. And that's actually sort of an Easter egg, too. Um, that's exactly what... Um, in The Shining. In The Shining, mm-hmm. the wife does. Um, she grabs the biggest knife from the kitchen and then... Um, goes on a hunt. She goes... Uh, she hears footsteps upstairs, right? Yeah. She goes upstairs... Then she sees something, or she hears something behind her, turns around, and she sees the dad again with his head all wrapped up. But this time, his entire head and face is wrapped up. And she runs into her bathroom, but can't get it closed, just like The Shining again. Yes. Uh, Which is awesome. And I didn't put that together until afterwards. But uh, also, this relates to something that happened leading up to us watching this. Which is that there was this emoji showing up all over the place on social media when you would tag Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. And it was the Reverend's head, but I had not seen this episode yet. <laughs> so I was like, what the hell is that? What is that thing? wrapped head thing? Is that a. I, you couldn't even tell really what it was. I yeah. guess it looked like a head, but I, you know, whatever. I thought it was maybe one of those masks from the trailer or something. Yeah. Um, the one other thing I want to mention here is um, when she was checking the rooms mm-hmm. um, and she went into her bedroom and she went to look under her bed and she had the knife for whatever reason. When I watched it the second time, it get, it reminded me really heavily of um, the movie cat's eye, which mm-hmm. was Stephen King movie. That was just, he wrote the movie for it. Right. And uh, it's about this cat and like these little short stories. And you see the cat going like between these places. Mm-hmm. But the one that is memorable is it has a young Drew Barrymore in it. And there's a little tiny troll in her room and he has this little knife. And so when she was going through the rooms with that knife and looking under the bed and I'm just thinking, 
well, that's where the troll would be if he yeah. his little knife <laughs> and he's going to come out and like attack you. So I don't know if they meant to make me think of that, but that's what I'm I mean, of. yeah, they're kind of just like peppering in stuff, yeah. ideas of stuff at this point. I think that's definitely going to continue through. You've never seen that one, right? I haven't. It's not that good. I'm working my way through, which, by the way, I did bring this. I just started this. It's uh, The Dark Half, which directly relates to this. I'm only 60-ish pages into it, so Pangborn has finally first shown up. I don't know if you know the concept of The Dark Half, but um, basically what the story is is an author is, when he's a boy... He's getting these severe headaches, and this is all redundant for people who have read this book anyway, but in in the very beginning of the book, this kid's getting headaches, he writes a short story, and his mom is super proud, but then they have to take him to the doctor because he is not getting rid of these insane headaches and stuff. So, they have to do brain surgery because they think it's a, uh, um, like a cancerous tumor in his brain. They open it up, and there's like a moving eye. And fingernails and yeah. something like a toe or something in there. So it's like his unborn twin still living inside of his brain. The fuck? I know. That hooked me so quickly. <laughs> so that's how that book starts. I'm totally Stephen in on King's that. King's got some fucked up dreams. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? But I think the dark half is really like a response to him and, and Richard Bachman and like, he used that as sort of the jumping off point, but it's a fucked up jumping off point yeah. version of it, you know? And I don't want to get into more spoilers for that. It's a fairly short Stephen King novel, so people should take the time to read it if they're into this Castle Rock show. Also takes place in Castle Rock. That's why you should read it. And Pangborn's in it, so. Which, by the way, I missed him in this episode. Yeah. Pangborn's the shit. I like that guy a lot. Well, we got other kinds of crazy. Exactly. A lot. Um. Okay, so... So, yeah, so the last thing the pastor says to her is, behold, I will tell you a mystery. Yeah. More of the craziness preaching sort of stuff. Yeah. And and then disappears. Yeah, and that's the end of the episode. A crazy-ass end of the episode. Um, More questions than answers. Exactly, but we've been getting a ton of answers, though, as well. You know what I mean? Like, it's sort of half and half. The more answers we get, the more theories we're able to go off sure. of. Sure. So... And um, that'll actually kind of lead into the next thing we have to do. Actually, after a couple more things, we'll get to something that connects with that. But uh, let's see here. So, yeah, I guess I kind of mentioned this earlier, but Molly, like, she's the only person we think who knows that Henry Henry definitely didn't kill his father because she did. Uh, But she can't defend him to the town. You know what I mean? No. So, like, the entire town is crazy. She has had to deal with this for years and years and years, too. So, like, I thought I think that kind of factors into why she's so fucked up. She needs to move out of that town. I she feel needs like, to move I out of like the house. I feel like that would be really good for her. Yeah. Her she, mental stability. But, but it's, it's sort of like they everybody feels trapped. They're like, they can't move Maybe out. they can't. Yeah, maybe they can't leave. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe he was able to leave because he went into... I'm just going to say a different dimension when he was just gone. Yeah. And, you know, I do I do definitely think that that is still a huge possibility that that is something that is going on here. 
that he went to another dimension, that that other, that the kid went to another dimension. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and and Molly followed them with her mind, <laughs> and that may have fucked her up for good too. Yeah. Um. Well, and I'm sure murdering a person would also fuck you up for good. Yeah, totally. Uh, I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, I think other shows would drag out Molly like hiding and run away from Henry over several episodes, but. In this show, she just tells him. <laughs> I know, and I really appreciated that. I don't. Yeah, that was like an answer that we got. Yeah, you know what I mean, and like, or moving along of a storyline, because this might be the only episode that's Molly centric. We don't know yet. Um, I feel like we'll get more that center around other characters. I feel like we'll get a Pangborn episode. I really hope we do. I'm sure we will, because he's awesome. And of course, like Henry is weaved into all of this, so we'll see. He a just lot floats more around him. between the stories, right. connecting them all. I. I doubt we'll get a full episode on just the kid, but I would like that too because that would give us a ton of information on him that we are sorely needing, <laughs> right? Probably no dialogue, though. Uh, yeah, that would be weird. A whole silent episode. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so... Also, Molly with the kids is sort of like... She's very childlike, so I see some symbolism there. You know what I mean? Like she, it's, I feel like she's sort of been stunted by some force or some the town in some way. It's traumatic events, of her right? Childhood. Just all the entire thing, like everything about her situation is totally fucked. Yeah, I mean, well, she definitely has not moved on, as we saw. Like mm-hmm. she gives herself and a lot of time to spend with that box, and mm-hmm. who knows if she's even been able to properly grieve or you know, understand what she did as far as killing the dad. I mean, you know, certainly like not. she seemed very stoic when she did it. Mm-hmm. So I imagine she probably did it and didn't think about it again. Yeah. Or some, like something that we're not getting forced her to do it. There might be a reveal of that later. You know what I mean? Like, I, it may not be that she was defending Henry. It may be that like the town, the, f- the evil force of the town forced her to do it. Something weird like that. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's just a theory, but... um, Any more thoughts on that? I was, uh, was going to say, I feel that she... I don't feel like she's evil. I think she did what she felt she had to do mm-hmm. and then repressed that somehow. It's probably more likely. And because Henry wasn't there, she... She was able to repress it. And now that he's here, it's opening up this Pandora's box of everything. So I am I feel like she's learning all of this stuff about herself for the first time. Yeah. You know? And it's a confluence of events that are causing all of this bad shit to happen. It's not necessarily that she is. And then what if she is, like when they talked about um, the very end of the warden's note saying that, you know, they had a protector or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, what if that's her? It's certainly possible. I don't know. There's a lot going on. <laughs> because, you know, she has the shine. Right. Uh, I think I went all over all of my theories and stuff. Did you have anything else you want to mention theory-wise? No. Uh, before we get to the Church Creed winner of this week, Nick, did you want to do your one minute or less this week or no? No, I'm good. All right. That Fair was your enough. one minute with Nick. Yeah, that's your. Well, that was way less than one minute. It's okay. Um, let's get to the 
award winner for this week. We talked about this at the beginning of the episode. We talked about this on the message board. This is the Church Creed Memorial Award for audience participation. And the winner for this week is Mr. Dan Oaks. Congratulations. So Dan was on our uh, A Couch for Watchers closed Facebook group. If you want to be a part of that Facebook group and uh, you're a listener and you want to talk to us about it, well, okay, so there's two ways you can go about this. You just comment on, like, the Instagram. You can message me directly or Debbie directly. Or you can join our Facebook group. All you have to do is ask me for an invite, and you're there. So let's go to Dan's comments very shortly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's 13 comments in our here. I have to scroll down to his. Dan, you will be very happy with your brand new uh, certificate. Right. Oh, yeah. So Authentic. This certificate is something to behold. It features pictures of, well, Church Creed, um, the dead, the now deceased mascot from the 60s, uh, you know, some stuff. We're also going to give you your very special cat sparkly sticker. I forgot to mention that on the video, Dan. Oh, it. yeah. So we're going to put uh, super awesome cat stickers. sparkly stickers on them. There's a sticker placeholder. <laughs> Each one unique to its individual award certificate. But let's go to Dan's comments on uh, the first two episodes combined. Um, he says, the acting is great. I love the cast. What really stands out to me right now is how the story is unfolding. In other words, the writing. They give you a first impression of each character and their backstory, then slowly reveal details that morph your opinion on them until you have no assurances on anyone's alignment. I um, really, really, really agree with that. Yeah, I think he's like <laughs> I, um, super spot on with that description. I, when I read that comment, I was like, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. And I'm not sure what to think. And every time I do, I it immediately changes. Yeah. And I feel like he he probably listened to our episode and... Yeah. was in agreement with sort of our headset on that yeah, too. Yeah, he, he nailed what I was feeling. Uh, and then, so I asked him uh, which character did I think he has, cha has changed the most from his first impression of them, and he said, right now, Molly. I would say that's a fair assessment. Sure, and we have the most information about her now. Right. You know what I mean? Because she got her own episode. Yes. So, Dan, congratulations on your award, your memorial award for the dearly departed... Church Creed. Well, departed a few times. Yeah. He is a cat, so he technically has nine lives on top of, on top of the, the Indian pet cemetery <laughs> evil. <laughs> so we're going to do a bunch of these. Um, we may do one every episode. We may not. It just depends on the amount of participation. So we encourage that. Participate. Participate, please. Um, we're not begging, though. No, but we will hunt you down. Right. <laughs> I didn't say that. I won't beg. I'll leave you to the hunting. <laughs> um, and, uh, all, and not sand, but and. And. I will, uh, over the next few weeks, we will start revealing like what you will be eligible. Because there will be a prize for the random winner at the final episode. So I episode think... 10, I think there's going to be 10 episodes of this podcast. Yeah. Um, until whoever decides to cover, cover another show. Um Whatever the final episode is, that's where we're going to reveal 
who the ultimate winner is, and they're going to get a couple of different prizes. And I can't tell you what they are now, but they're in the pipeline. And one is so awesome. One is so freaking awesome. I showed a coworker, and she <laughs> goes, I want to win that. And I'm like, well, exactly. you know how. You yeah. gotta. <laughs> so you're going to win that, mm-hmm. which we can't tell you about. We're going to win another thing we haven't quite decided yet. And, you know, maybe some other stuff that we just happen to decide you're going to win. This is I gonna have be a awesome. lot of random crap. Okay. So. We Are can... they, is this Stephen King related? Oh. It can be. I have, a, I've, I have a lot of random crap. Listen, so do I. So <laughs> I go to Goodwill a lot. We can we can make this happen. We have prizes for days. Yeah. But also, like, these will be legit prizes. Yeah. The one. They, they won't all be, like, amazing. I'll say I'll throw in a, at least one gag. But. On top of that, you're getting a whole bunch of cool shit. Oh, side note. Okay. I finally gave Dexter those Muppet hockey cards. Yeah. And he thought they were pretty cool. Awesome. So, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Anything we want to add on the end? Um, uh, Did I what, forget anything? The sneak peek for next week's episode. Oh, that's right. So, Debbie, explain to me what the sneak peek is for next week. Okay. Again, only a minute long. So okay. It's, yes. It's not a Perfect. lot. It's a lot of um, different scenes flashing in your face, and mm-hmm. they did the same thing where they only really showcased one or two um, narratives that you could hear, and they were completely out of context. So what I wrote down was, um, we hear Henry say to his mom, where do you think I was? And her turn around and look like she's about to answer that. Um, we see... Um, what? Like when he was missing? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And um, we have another mystery person say, him say to a mystery person, Henry, why do you have my police files? Um, Again, out of context. We don't really know who he's talking to. hmm. And then the last thing we see is you're going to be happy. Alan's back. Oh, sweet. And yeah. And we see him having a conversation um, with Henry and he says, I've known Henry. I've always known. Always known. Wow. Well, I feel like we should just leave it there because speculating on that little bit of information probably won't get us very far. No, but I'm hoping maybe this will be a Pangborn-centric episode mm-hmm. where maybe, maybe we'll know what he knows. And of, like, the three scenes, he was one of them, so, like... Well, and also, the first one was at the house, too, with the mom, so maybe it'll yeah. be more at home. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, visit WatchersOnTheCouch.com to find all of our socials information. Join the... Uh, message me and join the Facebook group if you want to, or not, whatever. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday, I guess. Yeah. Until then, keep being a constant watcher. Bye. Bye.